Accused Toronto van attack killer Alec Manazian uh, appeared in court yesterday. He is going to go on trial before a judge alone next February on 10 counts of first-degree murder and 16 of attempted murder in that horrific van ramming murder spree on Young Street back in April 2018. His lawyer, Boris Batensky has agreed to him going before a judge alone, and there's um, going to be no jury, so there's no need to move the proceedings to another city. But now Batinsky is asking that a statement that Altmanazian gave to police after he was arrested should not be publicly disclosed. So there's a little bit of an argument right now. Um, there is an, a lawyer arguing for um, the media and several media outlets saying, no, we should read the statement. Catherine McDonald joins us. She's the crime specialist for Global Toronto. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Good to have you on. Yes, no problem. Did I get most of that story right? Okay, so yesterday we were in court uh, because a lawyer representing this media consortium, as you mentioned, including Global News, was arguing that the media should have access to some of the pretrial evidence including disclosure, uh, in particular, a statement that Alec Manassian, the suspect in the van attack, gave to police after his arrest. Now, normally, uh, all this pretrial, all this pretrial evidence, all these, all these, uh, you know, different pretrial materials would never be uh, disclosed to the media or the public because, as you said, if there's a jury, you don't want to taint the jury. You don't want to prejudice uh, the accused's right to a fair trial. In this case, because now it's been decided that uh, the case is going to be heard by judge alone, um, we are arguing that it's the public's right to know. And there are a lot of people uh, who want to know about uh, the accused's state of mind when he was interviewed after his arrest back in April of 2018. But Boris Patinsky, his lawyer, is arguing that that would potentially taint uh, witnesses. So if we were to publish uh, what was said during that interview, which, uh, you know, would not taint a jury since there's no jury, and, and I'm, the judge already has uh, read that that interview, probably seen the video of the interview, um, uh, Batinsky is arguing that these witnesses could read the, uh, the interview that, that he get, Manassian gave to police, and uh, per, perhaps it would give them time to, to really think more about what they're going to say when they testify. So Batinsky's saying, not only do I want this, uh, this sealed, do I want to make sure that there's a pub ban in effect so the media can't get that, uh, that the excerpt of, the, you know, basically the transcript of the interview, but I also want to keep that effect, that ban in effect through the trial. Originally, he said, I, I actually think that we shouldn't report on this uh, interview that he gives to police until the trial is over, and at which point uh, the judge, Anne Malloy, who's very senior, she says, so you basically want a secret trial. She says, if, we, if the media can't report on, on this interview, which will certainly be probably the first thing that's presented at trial, um, which is which will speak to what Manassian was thinking at the time of his arrest. Um, she, she said, if you do that, then the media can't report on the trial because all the witnesses are going to be cross-examined uh, based on what, also on what Manassian, what he said in this interview. There's gonna, she said, this is going to be a secret trial. That's unheard of. And she sort of laughed. She said, that's never going to happen. And uh, when I asked Patinsky about this outside court afterwards, he said, well, if you don't ask, it won't happen. He says, you know, there could always be a first. Right. And, he's, as, you know, the public has the right to know what happens at a trial. Obviously, a pub ban remains in effect normally through the prelim because it's a jury usually that's going to hear the trial in most cases. In this case, that's not the case. Where's the prosecution sit on this? So the Crown does agree with the defense that releasing this, um, the, the transcript of the interview that Manassian gave to police could potentially taint witnesses. However, the Crown says, you know, once it goes to trial, the media should be able to report it because then it's a matter of public interest. 
But they do agree the pop ban should re- should remain in effect at least until the trial begins, and the uh, this this statement that Manassian gave to police is heard as evidence. Catherine, isn't there fear though that we, if uh, you, you know, you allow the statement to go out, and that there might be a good argument for an appeal at the end of the case uh, if the defense feels that the jury were uh, not the jury, but the uh, witnesses were um, influenced by that statement at all. So right, so that's what the judge has to decide. She has to she has to uh, look at the balance here is between the right for the public to know and the uh, the accused right to a fair trial. So of course nobody wants to see a miss this end in a mistrial. She's got to decide whether or not uh, releasing this statement could in fact influence the outcome of the trial. So this is what she's going to be doing now. Uh, our our lawyer argued for about an hour yesterday about why it's in the public's best interest to know, saying there you know there really isn't a any reason that that had, that you know there's no the judge is going to be tainted the judge knows how you know already what's the context of this interview that what the contents of the interview uh really the decision here is um is it reasonable to to keep that statement under wraps until the trial and uh even the judge was saying we have to decide here whether or not there's going to be uh you know it, it, is this going to affect the witnesses really that is the argument from Boris Potensky. when can uh, we expect a judge decision on this so justice malloy is going to take an, a month she's going to deliver her decision on august 16th which is further delaying really what we had hoped would happen imminently i mean we're as soon as uh the, we just we heard this was a judge alone trial this was decided um that's when we all applied to have this interview unsealed basically the publication ban ended the day that happened so now there's been another delay as the judge is making her decision but she has to just really carefully weigh the pros and the cons of this application um to, to keep it under a, a publication ban and as you said she doesn't want to ever uh give the accused a right to an appeal uh should should perhaps uh you know the trial end in in, a, in an acquittal here right so um yeah it's an interesting it was an interesting day in court i'm not a lawyer it was quite uh, quite difficult to understand what we could and could not report because sometimes even reporting on the hearing about a pub ban is under a pub ban so it wasn't until late in the day that uh, our lawyer clarified with with uh, Justice Malloy, what Madam Justice Malloy, what we could and could report, and that was at, so late in the day, we actually uh, told our viewers that you know this was a hearing about trying to get this pup ban lifted on on Manassian's statement. I, I should mention, Mr. Manassian, who's 26 years old, was in court. He sat there um, in the prisoner's box. He had no family in the court. We didn't see any family of any of the victims, uh, and. He was wearing a white shirt, uh, blue dress pants, and he spent. I, it looked to me like he was reading, um, sort of court court uh, documents as, as following along. So it, it, he didn't say anything. I didn't hear him speak. At one point, he did speak to his lawyer, but um, yeah, you know, just an interesting day from a legal perspective. Quite a difficult day from a layman's perspective, trying to understand what we could and couldn't report because nobody wants to be in contempt when it comes to this case being one of the largest cases, you know, m- most serious cases in the history of our city. And you know, we we also have it, it was uh, it, it's one of the first times where we'll we'll be able to hopefully find out what uh, the perpetrator was thinking. Right. I mean, that interview is going to speak to his state of mind, which will be central, of course, to this uh, case and to this trial. And uh, so, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what Justice Malloy decides in a month. Of, of course, if the pub ban is lifted, then we will be able to report to you the, basically what was said in that post-arrest interview. It would not be a video. It would just be a transcript if we were to get the pub ban lifted. Catherine, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. 
You're welcome. All right. Well, some of the facts that people are spewing back to me after talking to Catherine McDonald about the Alec Manazian van um, attack in Toronto are, are completely wrong. This was not about uh, uh, extreme Muslim extremist that we know of here. Um, what we do know is that he was uh, part of the incel movement. So a Facebook message was posted on his account just hours before he drove that van, allegedly drove that van, into the crowds of pedestrians on Young Street. He wrote, the incel rebellion has already begun. We will overthrow all the Chads and Stacys. All hail the Supreme Gentleman, Elliot Roger. He was a misogynist who murdered six people in Alta Vista, California. Stacys are the subculture's lexicon for women who refuse to date them, but guys that don't get sex. And Chads are the undeserving jocks who they prefer. So, Patricia and Jeff, sorry your facts are not straight. Thought I would straighten it up for anybody else who might be confused.